0: Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies.
1: Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for the great privilege of being in this place that your hand has appointed for the worshiping of your holy name. And now allow your inheritance, in the name of the blood of the covenant, to be lifted to heights that are not reachable for us, and destroy all burden and sin that binds us. May in this service, as previously, all the works of the devil be cursed, illnesses, poverty, untimely death, demonic dependence, all matter of fear, depression, destruction, ignorance and error, all of this may depart from the tents of your holy nation, and now stand, O Lord, upon the place of your rest, you and the ark of your might. And may your saints be clothed into your salvation and rejoice before your face. Give us more of your spirit. Saturate us with your Holy Spirit. Allow us to find your great face. We thank you that the service is presented by Apostle Arcadi into your godly hands. And we pray, lead it with a mighty and powerful arm, a great God, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. I will read a place of scripture written in Jeremiah 6, 16. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see, and ask for the old paths where the good way is, and walk in it. Then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Returning to the old path of good. We will again and again look at the foundation of our salvation, which will also determine our building and erection of our building, which by the end needs to be complete. Returning to the old path of good understandably for those who have not heard or do not know about the existence of the old path of good namely the sermon will mean not as much a return to the old path but a discovery of the old path of good because discovering the old path of good is discovering the narrow gate or receiving the kingdom of heaven into your heart which is contained in the elementary teaching of jesus christ for those who have heard of the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ, but left it, returning to the old path of good means to remember that we have left it, or from whence we fell, and repent and perform prior works. But for those who have heard of the elementary teaching of Jesus Christ and abides in it, the return to the old path of good will mean establish in faith and for those who got to know the perfect path but after abandoned it due to their arrogance it will be impossible to return to this path the place of scripture that pastor had chosen is Hebrews six one through six and he wanted us to look at it in a little bit more of an expanded form so that we can be saturated with the beauty of what it contains. Therefore, leaving or sprinkling yourself with the elementary principle of Christ and put on the armor of light contained in this teaching, we will build ourselves into a house of God, because it is not possible to once again lay a hold of of those things again, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of the hands, of the resurrection of the dead, and eternal judgment, for it is impossible without, for those who were once enlightened or have been tasted this teaching of Christ, tasting the heavenly gift, having become partakers of the Holy Spirit, and have tested the good word of God and the power of the age to come, to renew them again with repentance, when they crucify again for themselves the son of God and put him to an open shame and we need to understand the difference between those who fall into sin and those who fall away from God the righteous will fall seven times and what will rise again but the wicked is not one who falls he falls away from God when he resists God's order presented in the kingdom of heaven his truth his teaching and those teachers, those apostles whom God has placed and when people resist such the an order God's order they fall away once and for forever uh, from God. In the book of Hebrews we saw four doctrines, doctrine of baptisms, doctrine of laying on of the hands, doctrine of the resurrection of the dead and doctrine of eternal judgment. And we've heard more than once that each of these four doctrines included in the foundation of the old path of good presented in the amazing teaching of Christ possesses triplicity or a thrifold teaching and combined makeup a total of 12. Jesus said I, is there not 12 hours in a day Jesus said that clearly he spoke of the order of light how do you determine whether a person has entered the narrow gate and walks the narrow path it is contained in the order of light that's within him is there not 12 hours in a day he wanted us to know these 12 truths forms of truth by which we can enter the narrow gate and walk the narrow path and we will be studying these 12 perfect teachings together with the 12 precious foundations of the wall of the new jerusalem and the 12 names written upon these foundations Due to this, we will take a quick look at the sequence in which these foundations in the wall are presented, the written as we know in revelations twenty one ten or fifteen the order of the foundations, and he carried me away in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city, the holy Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God having the glory of God, for her light was like a most precious stone, like a jasper stone clear as crystal. And she had a great and high wall with twelve gates and twelve angels at the gates, and names written on them, which are the names of the twelve tribes of the children of Israel, three gates on the east, three gates on the north, three gates on the south, and three gates on the west. Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and in them were the names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. And he who talked with me had a gold reed to measure the city, its gates and its wall. The position of the twelve gates of the New Jerusalem and the twelve foundations of its wall simulate with remarkable accuracy the structure of the old path of good in the twelve fundamental teachings of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. And you can see all of this in Jerusalem, and Jerusalem is the bride of the Lamb, it's the chosen by God remnant. This is the small flock. These are those who will be raptured. These are those uh, who will have the resurrection of Christ enthroned in their body, those who will rule with Christ for a thousand years. These are those who have been a- and are now a part of these 12 hours of the day. And so, for us to speak of the 12 foundations, Brother Kadi also <clears throat> wanted us to note that there's a wall, and this wall has 12 gates and now let's look first at these 12 gates and what was written upon these gates the sons of the the names of the sons of jacob the 12 patriarchs and on the foundations were written the names of the apostles of the lamb and here we will combine them these gatekeepers and we will see how important it is to have them in our life and so let us look at the wall and the 12 pearly gates the Twelve Angels, who stand guard of the Twelve Gates containing the names of the Twelve Sons of Jacob, are gatekeepers of the Old old Path of Good, who due to their spiritual partaking to the faith of Abraham, are part of the first Pleiad of Twelve Gatekeepers. <clears throat> the first Pleiad were the Twelve Patriarchs of the Sons of Jacob and Adam was included, uh, Shem, Enoch, Methuselah, and the and Lamech and the others. They all were included in the first Pleiad of Gatekeepers. Gatekeeper is one who keeps the holy teaching, and his role is to preserve the teaching and pass it on with uh, undamaged to preserve the holy teaching without the chaff of the flesh and pass on this undamaged truth to their descendants. And so from Adam to Abraham, there were 12 gatekeepers who passed on to us this torch to the 12 patriarchs, the sons of Jacob. Considering all of this, we need to note that not the first Pleiad nor the second, in the form of the sons of Jacob, the 12 patriarchs, had any relation to the law of Moses. They were before the Law of Moses and were under God's grace. And all they did, they saw Messiah, Jesus Christ. Three gates on the east. We're talking about the gates, this Pleiad, of of patriarchs, the second Pleiad of, of, of gatekeepers from Adam to Abraham, Uh, was the first pleiad, and then this staff, this truth that's undamaged is passed on to the twelve patriarchs, the sons of Jacob, and we see then these sons who pass it on to the the Lamb, and the fourth are the apostles of today. This, This is a very important pleiad as well. Without this pleiad of living apostles that are in the living church on earth, we will not be able to receive the Torch that God has passed on from Adam to the apostles, and so that I can run that race. When we run this race, and when Apostle Paul says "run," so that you can overcome, <clears throat> we need to run together with the torch. And so, one runs, has the torch, pass it on to the next. The one grabs it, next one grabs it, and keeps running with this torch. And so you pass on this torch one to the next, and we see how this torch is passed on. But right now we're talking about the 12 gates, and then we'll talk about the 12 foundations, the 12 gates where the 12 angels were there, and the 12 sons of Jacob were written upon it. Three gates on the east represents the doctrine of eternal judgment in three ascending levels of the will of God, the good, acceptable, and perfect. Three gates on the north represents the doctrine of baptisms, in three mutually connected with one another hypostasis, the baptism of water, baptism of the Holy Spirit, and baptism of fire. Three gates on the south represent the doctrine of laying on of hands, in three emerging and mutually connected with one another covenants, the covenant of blood, covenant of salt, and covenant of rest. Three gates on the west represent the doctrine of the resurrection of the dead, in three emerging and mutually connected with one another births, from above the birth from water birth from the Spirit and birth to the throne the three gates and each have their teaching the gates through which we walk so that we can bring and grow within our heart fruits of the Spirit in the 12 fruits of the tree of life and this is not this is not possible if we don't enter through this narrow gate and to enter the narrow gate It's necessary to have the twelve foundations. The wall of the New Jerusalem made up of twelve foundations and whose gatekeepers are the twelve apostles of Christ symbolize the perfection of the bride of the Lamb clothed into the garment of the twelve elementary teachings of Jesus Christ who came in the flesh. The twelve apostles of Christ is the third pleiad of gatekeepers of the old path of good the first pleiad of gatekeepers who pass on to us the torch Adam had passed it on to us. God gave it through Adam Adam gave it all the way through to to Abraham and then to the sons of Jacob, the twelve patriarchs the twelve patriarchs, the sons of Jacob gave it to the apostles of Christ and the twelve apostles is the third pleiad of, gate, of gatekeepers, the, <clears throat> the old path of good, called to bring to rest only those who are ready to be clothed into the glory of the twelve foundations of the wall of the new Jerusalem. The third pleiad of gatekeepers, by the means of the partaking of their faith to the faith of Abraham, has succession to the first and second pleiad of gatekeepers of the old path of good, which is reflected in the shadows and images of the law of Moses, but does not depend on the law of Moses. It's left in shadows and examples where we can understand god's revelations ephesians two nineteen through twenty two Now therefore you are no longer strangers and foreigners but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God, having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone in whom the whole building be fi- being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord in whose in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the spirit. Without the category of gatekeepers contained in the virtue number 12, identifying the infrastructure and order of the kingdom of heaven to comprehend these 12 fundamental truths will be impossible. And consequently, without them, it is impossible to build yourself into a spiritual house and holy priesthood in the form of an altar of the Lord from 12 uncut stones to bring offerings upon it that are acceptable to God in Jesus Christ. To bring offerings that are acceptable to God in Jesus Christ is to have prayers that are acceptable to God and that means you need to build your altar of the twelve teachings of these twelve uncut stones. Why do the scriptures say that the stones are to be uncut so that the truth not be changed or damaged we are the fragrance of Christ when we do not peddle or damage the truth. When we peddle with the truth, damage the truth. The fragrance of Christ no longer exists, and we begin to uh, produce a foul odor because you include then your own opinions, the opinions of the flesh, carnal thoughts, and these are often maybe even opinions of of, of the congregation, or and so you can't uh, serve God properly if you're doing these things, if you're peddling with the word. 2 Corinthians one nineteen twenty. For the Son of God, Jesus Christ, who was preached among you <clears throat> by us, by me, Silvanus, and Timothy, was not yes and no, but in him was yes. For all of the promises of God in him are yes, and in him amen to the glory of God through us. <clears throat> when the Lord says yes, that means amen. There shouldn't be a yes, no, maybe, kind of, I think maybe it's like this. I'm not talking about the chosen by God remnant, but in any church when you hear well, I think this is how it is or the Holy Spirit revealed it to me this way. The scriptures say we didn't have this. We had yes, that means amen. May it be according, accordingly <clears throat> according to the truth. But when you say that, that we think so or we we think that it may be this way or that way, giving uh, these responses or these ideas that are not uh, confident in nature. According to the given statement, we conclude that not one of the promises consisting in the perfect teaching of Jesus Christ, who has come in the flesh, including the fundamental promises, which include the forgiveness of sins and being cleansed from sins, can be realized independent of the gatekeepers placed by God the third pleiad John 20 21 through 23 so Jesus said to them again peace to you as the father has sent me I also send you and when he had said this he breathed on them and said to them receive the holy spirit if you forgive the sins of any they are forgiven them if if you retain the sins of any they are retained however to not To ensure that you do not acknowledge false teachers and false apostles over yourself as gatekeepers of the old path of good, it is necessary for us to possess the ability to test the spirits which inspire people to confess the true gospel of Christ as well as the false gospel. How can you test whether a person speaks the truth or if he is speaking deceptive things? It is necessary for us to study the true identification and purpose of each specific teaching without disturbing its mutual connection to all of the remaining fundamental teachings. We need to study all of this truth together. When we study baptism, for example, baptism of water, Holy Spirit, and fire, the, the Apostle shows it to us as one baptism. People make the mistake that, well, if I've been baptized in water and my name's written in heaven and that's it. There's no such thing. God has one baptism and this one baptism includes the baptism of water so that you can then be baptized with the Holy Spirit and the Lord becomes the Holy Spirit because Lord and Master of your life. That will then bring you to the baptism of fire where the Lord cleanses us from all the filth of the flesh and spirit. And so now, you can speak of salvation, uh, an absolute salvation, but when a person says he has been baptized in water, and I now pray, I am now guaranteed salvation, it is not guaranteed. Sometimes this may happen as a form of mercy, but these are one truth, and you can't separate the one from the other. Because anointing which abides inside every person or needs to abide in every person who has experienced birth from God can teach us who is teach us who is a deceiver and who isn't, who is a true preacher and who isn't, only having the right information about the essence of the elementary teaching of Christ. By the means of this teaching, we can determine who is of God and who is not of God. We determine the wellspring. We don't uh, just determine based on what we hear. Oh, this may have been said correctly, and this may not have been. We are given anointing for one reason, to determine the wellspring. Is this wellspring from God or not? And that's it. If it's not of God, uh, you don't receive them. If it, they are of God, you do receive them. And you're no longer a controller. You receive the truth, then, that this person who is of God will give to you. Let's read about this anointing. Where do you need to correctly use it? We are anointed by God, but there's an anointed of, anointing of a teacher, and there's an anointing of a student. <clears throat> and it allows us to know who is of God and who isn't. Little children, it is 1 John two eighteen through 27. Little children, it is the last hour. Yes as you have heard that the antichrist is coming even now many antichrists have come by which we know that it is the last hour they went out from us but they were not of us for if they have ha- were have been of us they would not have conti- they would have continued with us but they went out and they might- so they may m- may, m- may may be They went out from us, but they were not of us, for they had been, if they would have been of us, they would have continued with us, but they went out that they might be made manifest that none of them were of us. And so sometimes you may hear someone have uh, strange expressions or strange things that they say, and you get confused as to whether they're of us or whether they're not of us. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all these things. I have not written to you because you do not know the truth but because you know it and that no lie is of the truth and so what it has taught you is where it abides and so i write this about those that may deceive you these things i've written to you concerning those who try to deceive you he writes And so again, we need to receive a person that is from God, who would be able to give me the truth, to so that we can understand uh, the truth, and we know that this anointing uh, that we have allows us to determine that. And so, if we abide in <clears throat> in the Lord, then this anointing will continue to allow us to learn from the apostle God has given. Spiritual food, which Apostle Paul called the elementary teaching of Christ, is not spiritual milk, since Apostle Paul writes for everyone who partakes only of milk is unskilled in the word of righteousness, which consists in the governing teaching of Christ. What is the word of righteousness? The word of righteousness is the ancient teaching of redemption, the wellspring of which is the lost and again found paradise, where a person receives justification freely by the grace of God, which is why he becomes able to perform righteousness by implementing the judgments of God. <clears throat> the word righteousness is when we begin to perform righteousness. This is truth in action. So righteousness is when you perform, perform this righteousness. This is truth in action. The word that I received and now I perform this righteousness based on the word that I have received truth in action in the beginning it will not be active at all but in in order to use our potential and make it active or make ensure that it becomes active we proclaim the non-existent righteousness as existent and in this way we receive it then as a guarantee he accounts it to us as righteousness he gives it to us ahead of time. And he gives us his guarantee so that we can build ourselves into a house of God. And in the end, we will be able to pay him back. And it becomes our possession. This is the word of righteousness. And and so consequently, anyone still partaking only of milk is actually, in reality, not knowing God or does not yet know God, anyone who only partakes only of of the milk, does not yet know God, which is why he not only is not able to enter the narrow gate, but he also cannot find it. According to Scripture, to be redeemed from the captivity of sin and death, and after enter the rest of God by the means of the teaching of Christ flowing from the old path of good, it is necessary after your repentance to be clothed into the garments of light in the form of truth, revealing the purpose and power of the governing teaching of Christ." If you go into any uh, any church that can speak in any language—Japanese, Chinese, Ukrainian, wherever it is—tell me about the uh, the Lord spoke of the order of the day or the light of the day. What do you what do you say about this, or what? How do you perceive this truth? looking at the sequence or the order of the foundations situated in the wall of the new Jerusalem the teaching of baptism in the form of the baptism of water is the first foundation and so we will be studying today the baptism of water it's in the doctrine of baptisms and so today will be the first lesson the teaching of baptisms anyone who wants to make a, the baptism or to uh partake in the baptism of water or those who have already done it we will today remember so that our circumcision, as the Jews will not become uncircumcision, the baptism that we uh, have, been, uh, have taken or have been partakers of will continue to stay legitimate before God's face. And so there are people who hate God, who curse God, and we continue to have relationships with them. This cannot be. I understand that there's <clears throat> business and that's separate. In business, there are people that we <clears throat> that we have relationship, relationships with on a business level, that is uh, make to make money. And so having uh, friends or close friends are people in the church and people who are uh... within righteousness the teaching of baptism in the sanctuary itself the doctrine of baptisms lies in the realm of the north since it is specifically on the northern side of the sanctuary that the golden table with the showbreads was located with its twelve breads which proclaim the death of christ exodus twenty six thirty five you shall set the table outside the veil and the lampstand across from the table on the side of the tabernacle toward the south. And you shall put the table on the north side. And so we, could, we see here the golden table and the twelve breads. This is the body of Christ that was broken for us, the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. Proclaiming, proclaiming the death of Christ and the twelve breads is testimony of a loss of power of the existing stronghold of death within our bodies. Hebrews 2 14, 15. Let us see why Jesus pres- became this bread. He became this bread because we live in this mortal body and he became this bread so that this bread can be broken among us so that this body would be adopted by God and before rapture death would be able to with noise as the stronghold of death uh, the old man as the stronghold of death would be thrusted out with noise into hell, <laughs> and so proclaiming the death of Christ in the twelve breads is testimony of a loss of power of the existing stronghold of death in our body, inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, since we are of flesh and blood, He Himself likewise shared in the same, that through death He might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Hebrews Hebrews 2, 14, 15. Therefore, the doctrine of baptisms is a teaching of the loss of power of one who has the stronghold of death, that is the devil, in our life. When we destroy the old man, and it's it's difficult to destroy him until we destroyed the kingdom of Israel together with the kingdom of Syria, They're the two that uh, went up against the city of Judah. And so we need to have both our body and our mind experience the process of death in Jesus Christ. These are two areas that need to be disciplined and need to experience the process of death in Jesus Christ. And so the doctrine of baptisms is a teaching of the loss of power of one who has the stronghold of death, that is the devil. And the triumph begins for man when he, by the means of faith that Jesus is Christ, is baptized in water. We need to note that a person who believes that Jesus is Christ is a person who is born from God. Therefore, only one that is born from God can be baptized in water. 1 John 5, 1, whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God. And so whoever believes that Jesus Christ or Jesus is the Christ, is the anointed one of God, is born from God. According to scripture, the doctrine of baptisms and the twelve breads, together with the blood of Christ, are two immutable oath things which were brought in behind the veil of the sanctuary with which God wanted to show to the heirs of promise the immutability of his will. He bowed and said, I vow... And so here is the, the the bread and here's the blood of of the Son. His broken body and his blood that was shed. Thanks to these two things consisting in the doctrine of baptisms, we are called to have sure comfort. Because it is specifically these two things in the doctrine of baptism that are called to be our hope, which for our soul during the raging elements of death is a strong and secure anchor. Hebrews 6.17-20 thus god determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for god to lie and so what two immutable things here's bread and here's wine what are these these are the body of my son and and blood that is shed for you and so everything you say lord i believe because there's nothing else he could offer offered the most sacred the most the closest to him which is impossible for God to lie we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay a hold of the hope set before us this hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast which enters the pres- presence behind the veil where the forerunner has entered for us even Jesus having become high priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek And so that's why those who partake in in communion is only those who have been baptized by water. That means we have this hope, we have this anchor that is sure and steadfast. We have his body, we have his shed blood. The doctrine of baptisms, and in part the baptism of water, is the root from which all of the remaining doctrines grow. Therefore, it is upon this doctrine that Satan has waged special attacks this is because the consistency of the teaching of baptisms functioning in the realm of the north is also where the throne of god is situated let us see where satan wanted to be he wanted to be in the north he knows that if he can uh... stir up trouble look at the denominations that have formed baptists and others they have been stumbling on the baptisms baptists say that we're baptized in water and we already received the holy spirit And so, and others uh, that, that say, other denominations say that they receive the Holy Spirit, uh, and but live like the devil. And so, Isaiah fourteen thirteen 13 through 15 says, For you have said in your heart, the devil said, I will ascend into heaven, I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, I will also sit on the, ma- the mount of the congregation on the farthest side of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds, I will be like the Most High, yet you shall be brought down to Sheol, to lower, to the lowest depths of the pit. If the devil is successful in perverting or shifting the priorities which the doctrine of baptism has within the mind of specific people who come to God, then this will mean that within these specific people, He has achieved his goal and has erected his throne within their mind. A terrible thing uh, to read this to maybe a Baptist or someone else. This will bring them to fear. That in these specific people that the devil has achieved his goal and his throne is erected in their mind. The throne of Satan in the mind of man is the mark of the beast, which is the perverted reception of Christ and his teaching. Therefore, the most tragic and unfixable for these people will be that these people who imagine that they are saved will be cast down into hell together with the devil into the depths of Inferno. <clears throat> and will be surprised why uh, they ended up there. <clears throat> because they uh, confronted the baptisms. And that was a problem. And so according to the words of Apostle Paul, the first realm in the elementary teaching of Christ is the doctrine of baptisms in three mutually connected with one another and flowing from one another hypostases. These are the baptism of water, baptism of Holy Spirit, and baptism of fire. I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. But he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire, Matthew 3.11 baptism of water, Holy Spirit, and fire. And this is one baptism, but have different functions. And so first, all three forms of baptism, let's look at what these baptisms contain. All three forms of baptism, we'll talk about them more specifically of course later, but Pastor wanted to note there was a request. He said, don't forget the very meaning don't present the baptism of water as a separate teaching, or the Holy Spirit as a separate, or fire as an alternative option. Never do this. Always present all three forms of baptism as one baptism, and that it fulfills uh, for the same purpose. And so many people who did leave the church, who resisted God, did not want to acknowledge that there's a middleman between them and God who passes on God's revelations. They, after a very short time, they were baptized. I met with a woman who was, who came and said, upon what foundation are my children that go to your church now don't communicate with me? And I asked her, are you baptized? She said, yes, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And now in what? into the Father, she says. And she says, I don't need the uh, baptism of water, Holy Spirit, and fire anymore, because I now am baptized into the Father. And now it's a new denomination that is born with this foolishness. And she came wanting me to give her the, red, uh, the green light, so she communicate with her children. These children will not your children will not communicate with you until you bring a fruit of repentance. And so let's look at these three forms of baptism. What they do, all three forms of baptism are united because they identify the relationship with one Lord and are accomplished with one faith. Ephesians 4.5 One Lord, one faith, one baptism. And so some say that you see uh, they say those who don't believe it, in the Godhead. They say that that the uh, the Father, Holy Spirit, Fire. These are just the same thing. They're not. They're not three different things. Three individual things. They are one thing. Even though no, they aren't three individual things, but also one. Second, all three forms of baptism, although they pursue one goal, which is to identify us with the death of Christ, they nevertheless fulfill different functions. And so, if, if there's not three, then why are we gathering? We need to have a father who has a son and who needs to send his servant, the Holy Spirit, who will bring us to heaven. If one, there's one God, so then how are we supposed to be, then, if there's only uh, one God and no one else? He gave his son, and his son brought or sent his servant Holy Spirit to assist. They are one, but three. Third, the main function that the baptism of water is called to fulfill is to separate a person from the world which lies in evil. Fourth, the main function that the baptism of the Holy Spirit is called to fulfill is to separate us from the sinful life of our fathers. Fifth, the main function that the the baptism of the of fire is called to fulfill is to separate our new man from our old man Romans 6 3 or do you not know that as many of us as were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death They separate us from the world separate from our sinful life of our fathers and separate us from our old man who lives within our body three functions of the baptism of Christ Sixth, all three forms of baptism reconcile us with God and make us holy without blemish and without guilt before God. Colossians 1, 21 through 23. And you know who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you heard, which was pre- preached to every creature under heaven, of which I Paul became a minister. Colossians 121 through 23 and Romans 5:10. For if, when we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the death of His Son, much more, having been reconciled, He shall, we shall be saved by His life. And so, all three forms of baptism reconcile us with God. All three forms of baptism, and so pastor asked again that we not speak of the baptism of water separately, we speak of all three baptisms together. All three forms of baptism are different levels of the seal of righteousness, which are signs of belonging to God. Romans 4, 11, 12. And he receives received the sign of circumcision, Abraham received it, but he, who also walk in the steps of the faith which our father Abraham had while still uncircumcised. And Songs of Solomon 86 Set me as a seal upon your heart, as a seal upon your arm. And so where it says, Set me as a seal, That means, allow me to be submerged into into your baptisms. And being submerged into your baptisms, I then receive your seal. And this is a covenant that you then make with God. You can have a covenant when you have a seal. And when we have all of this, in the good, acceptable, and perfect will, but here we're talking about the death, where the Lord places his seal. In the resurrection, he can't place the seal. The seal is placed in the death. And the mark is then uh, that I am the holiness of the Lord. The second seal is, he says, may all depart from unrighteousness, all who proclaim his name. The Lord has known his own. In the baptism of the Holy Spirit, he wants to know us. The Lord has known his own. And we depart from all unrighteousness. And in the baptism of fire, we become the place where it says the Lord is there. And so the Lord wants to bring us to this final seal, so we be Jerusalem, that would have the seal of God. The Lord is in that church. The Lord is in that person. He belongs to God. Eighth, all three forms of baptism deprives the existing stronghold of death of his power and deliver the one being baptized from the fear of slavery of the second death. Hebrews 2, 14, 15. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shares in the same, that through death he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. And so to be delivered from the slavery of of depression and and other uh, things. We're forbidden from drinking antidepressants. This is uh, drug addiction and this is sin. We need to confess the faith of our heart. And we will not uh, deceive ourselves that this is a second, secondary form of the Word of God. A secondary form of the Word of God is maybe if I have a high temperature or high blood pressure and I have to take some medication to lower those things. But when there are suspicions and and fear before the uh, tomorrow and what will happen tomorrow and i take antidepressants to feel better this is not uh... right all three forms of baptism pursue one final goal so that we can walk in newness of life Romans six four therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death that just as christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the father even so we also should walk in newness of life Tenth. All three forms of baptism do the work of a winnowing shovel to cleanse us as wheat from the chaff and present us before God as pure grain ready to be ground into flour. Matthew 3, 11, 12, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I whose sandal I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly cleanse out his threshing floor and gather his wheat into the barn, but he will burn up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Matthew 3, 11, 12. And he does all of this through baptism. He has this winnowing shovel, winnowing fan, where the grain has chaff and it needs to be cleansed. You may see that there's a large church. It could be a large church. And so, when you you lock the back doors, open the windows, and begin to use the winnowing fan and see how much will actually fly out. How much of them will be actual chaff versus the grain. Eleventh, all three forms of baptism are called to serve as dedication of yourself to God as a Nazarite. Numbers 6, 2 through 8. Speak to the children of israel and say to them when either a man or a woman consecrate an offering to take the vow of the nazarite to separate themselves to the lord he shall separate himself from wine and similar drink he shall drink neither vinegar made from wine nor vinegar made from the similar drink all the days of his separation he shall eat nothing that is produced by the grape vine all the days of the vow of his separation no braces shall come upon his head until the day, days are fulfilled for which he separated himself to the lord he shall be holy, then he shall not let the locks of his hair of his head grow all the days that he separates himself to the Lord. He shall not not go near a dead body. And so, God looked at Nazarites and he perceived them as high priests. He looked at them in the status of a high priest. If a man or woman wants to de- uh, dedicate themselves as a Nazarite, then the Lord will treat them as high priests, even in the law. You could speak with God in the uh, in the status of a high priest. It all determined on it was all determined on your dedication to the Lord. You take yourself from something, some so, something or someone, and dedicate yourself to God. You need to not. It's not that you have to have some kind of position or rank within the church itself. Your dedication allows for this kind of close relationship with God. 12. All three forms of baptism unite us with the likeness of resurrection or make us sons of resurrection. Romans 6 5. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. And so what affects all three forms of baptism? And now in the teaching of baptisms we will turn specifically to the first level of baptism and it is called baptism of water. In the 12 foundations of the wall of the New Jerusalem, the level of teaching of the baptism of water is referred to as the precious stone, jasper. Revelations 21.19, the baptism of water, the first foundation, jasper. And so, for some people, this may not be considered a precious stone, but in God's eyes, it is a precious stone and consequently all the examples that in scripture will relate to the precious stone jasper will testify of the literal purposes and powers contained in the baptism of water and let's look at where we see the stone jasper it opens up the purposes powers of the baptism of water the precious stone jasper is one of the 12 precious stones which we find on the breastplate of justice of the high priest, which speaks speaks to its great and fateful definition without which it would be impossible to enter into the presence of the Lord. And consequently for a person who has not submerged into the death of Christ by being baptized in water, the path or way into the presence of God will be closed. And this is not all. Thanks to the 12 stones upon the breastplate of justice and in part the precious stone Jasper, we can hear the voice of god who will give us revelations about himself specifically within the format of the baptism of water and so where we see this precious stone jasper at the heart of the high priest the breastplate of judge, of just of judgment it allows us to come into god's presence and so you have been baptized your names are written in heaven And what's next? You can hear God, and God can hear you in His preached Word. In the baptism of water, the death of the Lord Jesus possesses the the glory of jasper, called to overthrow the rule over the second death. Let's look further as to where this jasper is found. Revelations 4, 1 through 3. After these things I looked, and behold, a door standing open in heaven, and the first voice which I heard was like a trumpet speaking with me, saying, Come up here, I will show you things which must take place after this. Immediately I was in the Spirit, and behold, a throne set in heaven, and one sat on the throne, and he who sat there was like a jasper and a serious stone in appearance, and there was a rainbow round the throne in appearance like an emerald. And so, again, he who sat there was like a jasper and a sardius stone. Looking at the given revelation, we can conclude that the death of the Lord Jesus in the baptism of water possesses the glory of the jasper. It demonstrates itself in the abilities of the throne, expressing its power to overthrow and rule over the second death. Therefore, for man who has not submerged, in, submerged himself, and who does not abide in the death of the Lord Jesus by the means of the baptism of water, the path to the throne of Christ Jesus is impossible, and the result of this is that such a person will remain an eternal captive of the second death. Ephesians 2, 4-7 But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he has loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ, by grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness toward us in Jesus Christ. In the given situation, our resurrection with Christ is the result of our abiding with Christ in his death, into which we have submerged ourselves during the baptism of water in the name of Jesus Christ. And so the second place we find Jasper is the one who is seated on the throne. This happens when we are in the one who sits there, in the powers of the baptism of water, and this is for us to overcome the second death. To overcome the second death, we need to do this from the position of the throne, and so the one seated on the throne needs to be in the likeness of Jasper. And so, being in the image of Jasper is, I understand the essence of baptism of water. And so, now the one who sits before me, looking at him, I have the ability to know that I am in him, and I can proclaim his resurrection, and I can overthrow the second death and all the illnesses and other things that come from that. How much is in the baptism of water when we understand its essence? the next place we see the stone Jasper baptism of water and the inheritance of the Jasper is called to add us to his light of the great Jerusalem revelations 21 10 11 and it carried me in the spirit to a great and high mountain and showed me the great city the holy Jerusalem descending out of heaven from God having the glory of God her light was like a most precious stone like a Jasper stone Clear as crystal. First, according to this revelation, we conclude that a person who does not comprehend the abilities and responsibilities relating to the great mystery of baptism of water is not able to abide in the mystery of this baptism. Second, such a person will never be able to become an organic partaker of the great Jerusalem. Third, such a person will never be able to be a light to the world, one who can make certain people see and others blind and so the stone Jasper it is in the light the light and so I have an organic membership to the body of Christ to the great Jerusalem and I determined this by the fact that I have a lamp that is of stone Jasper the light of God the light of Christ that will allow certain people to see and others make blind for one, I will be a fragrance of Christ, and for the other, a, a odor of death. John 9:39 through 41 And Jesus said, For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, and that those who see may be made blind. Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these things, and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, if you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, we see, therefore you sin, your sin remains. Jesus said, I come into this world as a lamp from, made of jasper to make certain people see and others to make blind. The baptism of water and the inheritance of the jasper is called in the eyes of God to make us a wall of the great city. Revelations 21.18 The construction of its wall was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like clear glass. In Scripture, building the wall from jasper like clear glass is the ability by the means of the abilities consisting in the baptism of water come to perfection that is in the likeness of the perfection of God which means be a light for the righteous and unrighteous and be a cloud pouring rain upon the just and the unjust. And so the wall of the great city that was built of Jasper, and we know that the wall speaks of perfection. And the scriptures say again and again that we'd be perfect as our Heavenly Father is perfect. Our pastor explained this in detail How do we how do we become perfect? Jesus responded, He allows the sun to rise upon the righteous and unrighteous, and sends his rain upon the just and unjust. We say then with our mind, Oh, if sun is shining the sun is shining upon both and so all have the same temperature, all have the same pleasant rains. The scriptures say no. Don't begin to uh, make your own conclusions as to what that means. Look at the scriptures and how God sends his son and how he sends his rains. Job 37, 11 through 13. <clears throat> also, with moisture he saturates the thick clouds, he scatters his bright clouds, and they swirl about being turned by his guidance, that they may do whatever he commands them on the face of the whole earth. He causes it to come. For what does he cause it to come? Whether for correction, for three things. Either for correction, to punish the wicked and lawless for his land as a form of favor and as a form of mercy for those who repent, the repenting sinners. This is what the scriptures say. The reason is that he sends his reins and sends his son. And so the good, we know these are the saints. And so evil, uh, the evil are those who stumble on the truth. And so they're lawless uh and there are evil, there are those who will be shown mercy, and then there's evil that will not be, and will be punished. We don't write off people of the world. They have the opportunity to repent. We don't write off people who fall into sin and are suffering because of the sin. We don't write off carnal people who have not yet transformed from uh, from the lawless into the righteous. We are only showing severity toward the wicked and lawless who make, one, make up one command. We need to understand what Jesus was talking about. That we as a cloud are being sent not for two forms of service. To punish one and show mercy to the other. When uh, we need to punish, uh, there are two categories. There's one will be shown mercy and one will be punished. And very specifically, and so people need to not interpret it with their own mind as to uh, what else that may be. The perfection of the jasper and the baptism of water is called to make us able to be fertilized with the preached seed of the word of God about the kingdom of heaven, so that by the means of the jasper demonstrated in the light and rain, perform and establish not your own judgments, but the perfect and just judgments of God. Songs of Solomon eight eight through ten. We have a little sister, and she has no breasts. What shall we do for our sister in the day when she is spoken for? If she is a wall, we will build upon her a battlement of silver. If she understood the powers of the jasper, if she, it was revealed to her the powers of the baptism of water, what does it mean to come for, to be sent for mercy, for for judgment and mercy? And favor and where specifically to demonstrate which and upon whom specifically to demonstrate it if she is a wall we will build upon her a battlement of silver and if she is a door we will enclose her with boards of cedar and the other sister says I am a wall and my breast like towers Then I will become in his eyes as one who found peace These are those saints that can say about themselves that I am perfect as my heavenly Father is perfect. And this perfection, we begin to demonstrate in the power of the baptism of water, in the abilities of the baptism of water. From the beginning, we need to have this order of light in our life. Three things, for pun, for for correction, for for, because uh, for of His mercy and because of His favor. And so there are those that are slaves of sin. They, uh, they appear to be lawless, but they actually are just slaves of sin and suffer from it. Baptism of water and the inheritance of the jaspers called to make us partakers to the virtues that are contained in the name of the gatekeeper written upon the first foundation of the wall of the New Jerusalem. Revelations 21.14, Now the wall of the city had twelve foundations, and on them were the twelve names of the twelve apostles of the Lamb. Therefore, to have more complete information about the baptism of water, which is the first foundation of the wall of the New Jerusalem, with the name Jasper, it is necessary for us to study the name of the gatekeeper that was written upon this first foundation of Jasper, from which, as from a root system, the rest grow. Because the gatekeeper of the first foundation carried the elementary responsibility not just for this first foundation, but also for all of those gatekeepers whose names were written on the following foundations and who were responsible for the following foundations. And so the foundation was the baptism of water. And we see that this was the name Simon, the son of Jonah, who was also called Cephas, which means Peter or rock. Now the name of the 12 apostles are these, first Simon, who is called Peter, Matthew 10.2. It is specifically this apostle did the Lord command to feed his lambs, or more specifically, it is specifically him whom the Lord has placed as the head of the apostles. According to the command, feed my lambs, was elevated by Christ to the third degree, since this command was repeated by Christ three times in the presence of the remaining apostles. The previous name of Peter was Simon, but after a single event took place when two of the disciples of John the Baptist, one of which was Andrew, the brother of Simon Peter, heard from John the Baptist that Jesus, whom their teacher John baptized in water before their eyes is the Lamb of God. They left John the Baptist and immediately followed Jesus and asked to be the, his guests. Jesus readily received them into his house and showed them proper hospitality. <clears throat> After such a close fami- familiarity with Jesus, Andrew finds his brother Simon and brings him joyful news, saying, We have found the Messiah that is Christ, and brings him to meet with Jesus. John 1, 35-42, Now when Jesus looked at him, he said, You are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, which is translated a stone. and so when andrew brought peter and they were related in ancient times people understood that the name of a person can impact his destiny therefore there were very select they were very selective with their names they understood the impact of of this name and its destiny of a person was in the name of the person and they were very selective with names and so we need to be careful when we name our children also uh... the names we give our children because uh... they may sound great but the meanings may not be the meanings that you want to have in those names so the meaning needs to be uh... positive names good names that have uh, the things that you want to have for your children Like Mahir al Hasbaz, this name is very, uh, very particular and difficult sometimes to pronounce. But it had incredible meaning, and and the reason they called them that was because of the meaning that was in that name. And it was that that you would take from the old man what he has within his possession that does not belong to him. And so the name of a person is a virtue containing the status of man and his place in the form of his purpose and his calling. Considering this fact, if a person or angel left their place, the place that God put him, at the place uh, in the church or, or the place where God has placed him, then together with this place, if a person uh, leaves this place whom God, which God has given to him, then he together with this place will also lose his name. Therefore, when God writes the names of men into the book of life, then as it is, he gives them a new name containing their calling or place of their sanctification, which is called the throne of glory. A glorious high throne from the beginning is the place of our sanctuary. Jeremiah seventeen twelve. According to the given definition, a person can't sanctify himself and build an altar to the Lord in a place where God has not placed a remembrance for his name. The place of sanctification is the throne of glory. High from the beginning indicates the elementary teaching of Christ where God reveals the order of his given law. Therefore if people are not content with the place that God has put them within the body of Christ by the means of his gatekeepers and voluntarily abandon it then they abandon their calling and lose their name. Such lawlessness in the eyes of God is one of the gravest of crimes, for which God blots out their names from the book of life forever and gives them other names corresponding to their treacherous backsliding from His order, which He already writes in the earth. And so names that were written into the book of life, and here's how it can be removed. This is that God will write their name upon the, or in the earth. And in heaven he wrote a name that no one knows. And so you may say it may be uh, Daniel, but it could be a very significant name, like Shear Halal Mashbas. And so it's a name that no one knows, but God himself knows. And so the revelations that person has in himself, he knows about them. And we need to know that if we do possess this, then we will know about it. and this knowledge is made known through confession and the fruits of righteousness and fruits of justification when we proclaim who God is to us, what he has done for us in Jesus Christ proclaiming the not existent as existent I may not feel it but I know I know what the word of God says sometimes you want to feel but I understand I'm a human as well and of course Feeling something from the Lord is great. But the Lord wants us to focus upon knowledge and the truth and information and doesn't push us to emotions and feelings. Jeremiah 17, 13, o Lord, the hope of Israel, all who forsake you shall be ashamed. Those who depart from me shall be ri- written in the earth because they have forsaken the Lord, the fountain of living waters. In the nation of Israel, people who honor God knew the spiritual law well, which was called to function in the name of the man and identify his destiny. Therefore, they paid special attention to names. Due to this, the purpose that Simon received in his name from his father Jonah is hearing. Simon, hearing. At the same time, the name Jonah means dove. Jesus meeting Simon the son of jonah did not replace his name but expanded upon and added to his name he expanded his lot with the name cephas we know that a dove let's look at these three names simon jonah and cephas and so we know that a dove personified the quality of simplicity that is inherent to the holy spirit and also that victory over the wicked when they engage their wolf-like nature against us it is necessary to confront them with specifically this tool of simplicity I send you as sheep among the wolves and so what is the quality of a sheep they are wise as, as snakes and so she's as wise as a snake, a serpent but as simple as a dove and so such a sheep would definitely overcome any wolf that may approach her we know that a dove personified the quality of simplicity that is inherent to the holy spirit and also that victory over the wicked When they engage their wolf-like nature against us, it is necessary to confront them with specifically this tool of simplicity, which indicates the fact that in the wellspring of the teaching of the baptism of water is where the individual Holy Spirit will be, from which, as from a root system, the kingdom of heaven will develop in man. It is specifically the Holy Spirit who identifies the power and atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven, which consists of righteousness, peace, and joy, abiding in God's inner depths. This needs to be explained to some Pentecostal churches. Upon the first stone, Simon, the son of Jonah, Cephas, was written. Pentecostal congregations have missed these things. And instead of doing the right things, they perform division. The quality and virtue of the simplicity of the Holy Spirit is present also in the character of infants. It is specifically the Holy Spirit who identifies the power and atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven. This quality and virtue of the simplicity of the Holy Spirit is present also in the character of infants who love their parents zealously, and although they can get upset and can react to pain and severity with tears, they are not able to hold offense or judge their offenders. which is why they partake of the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, without receiving the Holy Spirit, the baptism of water is impossible. And so if, you, if they were these types of Pentecostal uh, members uh, in some of these churches, if they were present here and heard this, they would literally run out of the door right now if they heard these things. And so he spoke with our pastor. Had spoken with a, some uh, with some specific individuals, some people who spoke in tongues, and they were trying to prove certain points to him. But they were not baptized in the power of the Holy Spirit, and so he set, began to question them on that, and they con- completely confused them. When we approach the teaching of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, when we will talk about. F- Acts in Scripture that baptism of the Holy Spirit is always receiving the Holy Spirit, but receiving the Holy Spirit is not always the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And as much as we know, Eleazar the, the head of Abraham's household, who is the prototype of the Holy Spirit, was received into the house of the parents of Rebekah and the house of her brother Laban, but baptism in the form of leaving their nation the house and their house is something that only Rebekah accomplished, and consequently to belong to the category of the bride, it is not enough to be baptized in water, for this purpose it is necessary to experience the next level of death that is the baptism of the Holy Spirit." And so, Baptists may ask, well, so we have to speak in tongues? Yes, you need to speak in tongues. And so, you need to be able to collaborate with the Holy Spirit and speak with your spirit in tongues to the Lord. However, returning to the baptism of water, which is impossible without the receiving of the Holy Spirit, we conclude that those people who have submerged into the death of Christ by the means of the baptism of water received the ability to grow the simplicity of Christ within themselves by the means of the Holy Spirit and so to grow again the whole uh, the simplicity of Christ within ourselves Romans sixteen nineteen for your obedience has become known to all therefore I am glad on your behalf But I want you to be wise in what is good and simple concerning evil. Simplicity is pure, without guilt, undamaged, truthful, honest, genuine, gentle, peaceful, or peace-loving, upright, virgin, non-hateful, innocent, simple-hearted, complete, healthy, unique, without foreign inclusions in gold and silver, without inclusions in pure wine. The Pentecostals do have this these inclusions because in the baptism of water you need to have the qualities of the name Simon son of Jonah Cephas the Holy Spirit reveals himself in the character of the simplicity of Christ when we move on to the next qualities in the name of this gatekeeper written uh, written upon the first foundation, which he inherited from the name of his father Jonah, the name Simon, then he will see that the doctrine of the baptism of water contains not only the virtue of simplicity, but also the virtue to hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Because the name Simon, which is the righteous Jonah, which the righteous Jonah gave his born son, means hearing. Therefore, to hear what your heart, the, with your heart the preached word about the kingdom of heaven it is necessary that our heart be simple which practically is impossible without receiving the holy spirit this is specifically why when jesus saw a person with the qualities and virtues with a combined name jonah and simon then he told him you are simon son of jonah you will also be called cephas cephas is petra living rock the cornerstone of life Giving the name to Simon Jonah, Jesus actually delegated to him his own name, and in this way identified the calling Simon Jonah and those who he is responsible for. John 20, 21 through 23. So Jesus said to them again, Peace to you. As the Father has sent me, I also send you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you re- forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Nobody began speaking in tongues in that moment. He gave them the Holy Spirit. He passed on to them the power of the Holy Spirit. He passed on to them his character. And then this speaking in tongues then will be in the acts of the apostles later. The name Cephas, written upon the first foundation of the wall of the New Jerusalem, Jesus uncovered another veil of mystery contained in the baptism of water upon which he has created his church and the gates of Hades in the form of the flesh, the wicked, the world, and demons will not be able to overcome this foundation in his church. Matthew 16, 18, 19. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And right now we will pray, and I call every holy person to this place every saint that may have lost or have forgotten those abilities contained in the baptism of water who have made the baptism of water and have forgotten these great abilities because the boundaries of holiness have been washed away we need to come out to this place today and renew our dedication and sanctification Because the remembrance of God's name and our names will be preserved in that place where the fear of the Lord is present. And we have heard sufficiently enough about the abilities of the baptism of water. If in some way we have been drawn to the world again, we have been drawn to the sins that we used to do, we have the ability right now. We need to remember what the baptism of water is. And the labors of pastor that we have read, uh, we can read again and thank God for and we can restore our dedication. We wait for you here at the altar. I'm going to be praying our prayer, and I ask you to deeply believe that the Lord is on your side. He's not against you. He has loved you with an eternal love. He has given us the work of his redemption. He has stood between us and our enemies to be able to protect us and to lift us up to his level. Close your eyes. This is your secret room. Lift your hands to heaven. This is a sign that your hand is without wrath or doubt. Pray together with me, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, I come to you and upon this holy place in the church of your holy nation, I open up my heart so that you may see my pain, my suffering, my wounds that are inflicted by sin and lust, which I hate and that I reject. I come to you with my illness, with my fears, with a pampered dignity and dishonor. I ask you, forgive me, wash me, cleanse me, heal my wounds, restore me, and protect me with the blood of your Son. And right now, before heaven and hell, I want to proclaim that in accordance to your words, I am washed, I am cleansed, I am healed, I am restored, I am justified, and I am saved. Your sins are forgiven and your trespasses in the name of Jesus Christ. May the Lord bless you. May He look upon you with His great face and show you mercy and give you peace. May thousands and ten thousands attempt to come near you, but they will not touch you. May upon you the ancient mountains or the blessings of the ancient mountains and everlasting hills be on you. May with noise the stronghold of death be thrusted out, and may the stronghold of life be erected in its place. May all this be upon you and upon your children, and the nation shall say Amen. And so we are grateful, of course, to our Lord that He has given us the ability to return back to our springs. When I was reading the sermon of Pastor today, even at the time of reading, I started beginning to see truth in a new way, in a very new way. We've read these things before, but for some reason they began to glow. And I began to receive them anew and fresh why did i not see it in such depth or such beauty and such greatness that you already had put into this first foundation and so let us thank god for his word for the holy spirit and that we have a person whom god has placed to nourish us and give us this treasure we will bless and pray for our pastor because he has still a lot of revelations which he wants to pass on. And we, of course, will pray and bless him so that God would show his favor. Show his favor so that we, we can hear from his mouth the revelations that he has.